0: Good morning and welcome to the first Lunch and Learn Podcast. I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is coming to you from the unceded ancestral lands of the Cladley Tene and Simp First Nation, and it is my pleasure to honor and respect these beautiful lands today. So to kick things off this week, I'll be discussing some of the principles of second language learning, as well as why it's so important to continue to provide language learning even when we believe students to be fluent in a learned language. So there are many principles to language learning. Uh, We're gonna talk about three today, and the first of which is to know your learners. So this is where we as educators collect information about the student's educational, cultural, linguistic, and even geographical background. You can do this through games, questionnaires, or even through short assignments at the beginning of the school year or course. This is something important to do with your students in all your classes. Depending on the class, it might help to guide your planning and is a great way to make early connections with all your students. So in French class, which I teach, I I, uh, often use this also as a time for students to set goals for their language learning and to let me know what topics they would like to learn about in the coming semester. And particularly this works with older grades. In my foods classes, I also use this strategy. to help plan and implement um, international foods units so that the students are teaching each other about their own cultural dishes. So for some great ideas uh, on games and activities to get to know your learners, head on over to Tesol.org and click on principles. Under principle, you'll find great varied examples, uh, many of which work for language learners of all levels to get you started. All right, second principle, create conditions for language learning. So in an ideal world, students would have language learning supports in place for at least the first five years of acquisition, just as we would at home, uh, learning our native language. Unfortunately, this is rarely the case. And I'll tell you a bit about why. So many believe that children are sponges that will quickly pick up a new language. And while this might be the case for conversational day to day language, the language they're going to need in the classroom to understand textbooks, presentations, and novel studies, for example, is much different and takes much, much longer to become fluent in. So often we forget about this notion when dealing with language learners. Sometimes we even forget who our language learners are in the classroom because they seemingly have picked up the second language so fluently. We have to remember through that academic language uh, and that it's it's so highly intricate, um and often with a lot of nuance subtext idioms and so forth that are just not evident to non-native speakers so this second principle create conditions for language learning how do we do that how do we create great classroom conditions for language learning well first and foremost in the high school classroom is to provide direct instruction and to place an instructional focus on language and vocabulary development This could look like reviewing vocabulary before a biology lab, creating connections with their own culture while reading a social studies text, or teaching the meanings of idioms within a piece of theater prior prior to reading the script. Another way to do this in the classroom is to develop different assessment criteria for language learners, and use tools designed to inform teachers on whether the second language learner is actually progressing along the language learning continuum and helping them to set goals that they can catch up to their native speaking peers. And finally, when creating conditions for language learning or any learning in the classroom, of course, we must consider the social and emotional states and needs of our students and their families. I know we already do this so well here in our small school, um, but we know that there are those that we haven't been able to make connections with as well. So some ideas we could try, home visits, Um, where we let them know that we value them and their child's presence in our school community. Um, Another idea is maybe let's let them know we acknowledge their strengths and expectations uh, and go to them to offer support instead of always asking them to come our way. So finally, that leads me to uh, our third and final principle to discuss today, which is to engage and collaborate within a community of practice. Quite simply put, this means work with others in our profession to help provide these optimal conditions. EAs, Indigenous education workers, counsellors, teaching colleagues, librarians, principals, and more, there are so many allies that can help us in programming and advocacy for our language learners, and even in co-planning instructional techniques for all levels of fluency. Obviously, current pandemic times pose an even greater challenge to any form of collaboration, make sure you reach out to your IST staff as well for any guidance on how to best collaborate while we physically distance. So there you have it. Know your learners, create conditions for language learning, and engage and collaborate with those in your community of practice. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Lunch and Learn podcast. My source today is Elizabeth Coelho's Language and Learning in Multilingual Classrooms. Have a wonderful afternoon be sure to send me an email or a chat uh, with any feedback you have and also with what you'd like to hear about next week. Ciao for now!